This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast exclusively on 105.9 The Region, part of our Discoveries block. I'm Shaliza Bacchus. I'm Afua Ba. Hope everyone's doing well so far. It's fall. I know. It's fall. Like I'm officially. so upset. Don't be upset. <laughs> Listen, we have been through winter pandemic, spring pandemic, like summer, summer pandemic, pandemic was just like summer. And then it came out in fall. No, I want summer. I need months of hot, okay. sweaty, like fun heat because now it's fall and i just know that winter's just gonna come yeah like, i know but like i, I don't need that fall. i'm not gonna lie fall's my favorite season like the colors bah. and the crispness in are the are you air. just being biased because because why december oh well <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't understand what she's saying i was born in i am born was born in december we don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i consider december winter though even though technically I was born before the first day of winter. It's still winter. Anyway, the point is, I love fall. I love the fall coffee. I love look at the look at my nails. Look at the fall colors Very on my fall-esque. nails. Okay, so I, I'm here for it. But with the fall comes back to school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's definitely been it's been a ride for yeah. a lot of the younger kids. And, you know, what we're not talking about as much are the older kids in post-secondary institutions. You know, they are headed back to campus for the first time in probably almost a year and a half because, mm-hmm. you know, online learning is a lot easier uh, mm-hmm. for, for older people. But it, it still feels like something's been taken away. It's probably a, definitely a sense of nostalgia for those who... Um, started off their post-secondary education in person and then had Mm -hmm. to pivot online. It's also going to be a completely new experience for post-secondary students who came into this sort of next part of their education completely online, and then now Mm -hmm. they just have to see people. They're like, what's that about? Oh, I have to interact with humans again? Yeah. That's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, and it's like just thinking back on our experiences in our post-secondary lives, it's weird to think, like, I can't imagine doing an entire school year like from my bedroom probably i could but that was because like i was a loner like i was i went to class and then as soon as like okay class is done first one in line on the bus yeah bye everybody all right right. (laughs) well i was the opposite i feel like the social aspect of school does play a very big part Mm -hmm. and our guest on this episode of millennial balance definitely knows how to finesse the social life where were you during my (laughs) My post-secondary career. He has to introduce himself, though, so let's introduce him. Okay, yeah. You go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you all. Uh, My name is Riaz Nandin. I am uh, from York University. And what do you do at York University, Riaz? Uh, So I am the president for the student union, the York Federation of Students, the YFS. Whoa, big things. (laughs) All right. Mr. President in the house. Welcome to Millennium Balance. Thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. It's good to be here. All right, Riaz. Now, as I was saying, a big part of the on-campus life is the social aspect of things, things that a lot of students have been missing out on for the last year and a half. So what do you think is the most important thing about being back on campus? Ooh, that is a great question, a loaded question at that. Uh, I say the most important part is just getting in touch with your student community, something that has been fundamental to my and many other experiences on campuses is, you know, being in touch with that community. And it's such a diverse community, too. It's not a monolith. So, you know, there's something for everyone. And that's what keeps you going. Because, you know, 
undergrad could be a rough time. It could be shaky waters uh, for a lot of people. So at least you have a support system there for you, you know? Have you heard any concerns from students that you've been interacting with in terms of them now coming back and maybe feeling, for lack of a better word, some social anxiety because it's just a different experience for them? Absolutely. That's a definitely valid concern. Uh, a lot of students, uh, if we're looking at the first year, second years who are coming now, they're coming from either a completely online high school experience or just an experience that was uh, mostly online, right? So they don't have any idea of what campus life at York looks like or feels like, right? And then you have the students who have been around uh, and they're working with the nostalgia and it's like it's, they really miss what used to be, right? And they're looking for... Uh, an immediate resumption of this, right? But unfortunately, you know, there, there's a bit of a transition period going back towards that uh, to do things safely. So explain that transition period a little bit. What are you doing right now? And are there things that you have planned for the future that you might want to ease into? That's a great question. And, you know, I can't even speak on behalf of all the communities, but at least I can speak from the student union perspective. You know, we have one of our pillars, the very pillars of how we work is having events. Uh, so even despite being online, we've been continually having events that uh, stand true to the traditions that we do, you know, just in a virtualized format. Uh, just students are able to tap into that, connect with each other, have an uh, avenue to distress. And then you have, of course, the colleges, the clubs doing their own things as well. Also providing to their communities an avenue to meet each other ahead in, in advance of when we meet each other in person, right? To kind of keep the culture and traditions alive. Now, speaking of meeting in person, like, are there plans for that down the line, you know, with vaccinations and with cases, with all of that coming into consideration? So right now that like I'm speaking from the student union's behalf on what has been relayed to us from the university. Uh, so this fall semester, of course, is a bit hybridized. So you got some remote things going on, some in-person classes, uh, limited access to uh, in-person events. Uh, those ones you won't see as much as the online ones just due to uh, safety and of course we're still in the pandemic it hasn't fully closed up but it is nice to see that folks are able to um, get vaccines for the most part or, or take whatever precautions they need to stay safe uh, but hopefully as we move forward like into the winter semester uh, things are able to loosen up and we're able to transition even closer to what used to be right what year is this for you if you don't mind us asking so this is I'm graduate. I just recently graduated. So congratulations! Thank you so much. This will <laughs> be my sixth year at York, but this is my uh, year that I'm not a student. So I'm here as a as the president of the union. Uh, so this is my last year there uh, as an exec uh, at at this campus right now. Mm -hmm. And so did you? Well, of course, since the pandemic has been here for a year and a half or so, so you had some sort of you had an educational life during the pandemic. Absolutely. And, you know, I owe a lot uh, to the student community again, you know, just uh, it really helps to have a community to keep you in check, you know, not only through academics, but like, yo, on every aspect, mentally, socially, emotionally, you know, you have people there who are watching out for you, you know, and you're watching out for them likewise. How did it feel like, I mean, when that pandemic hit and I mean, I'm, I'm guessing since now that you're a president that you're more of the social guy on 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 campus that you like interacting with people. How did it feel like when it, all of that was basically removed from you from this like unknown virus and basically nobody knew when you would come back into campus again? That's a great. Well, I mean, back at that time, I wasn't the president at the time. I wasn't mm -hmm. exec, but uh, I can speak on that perspective. You know, it felt if it did at the same time, you feel robbed of that experience, but also you still do what you owe it to them to do what you can to give them an experience. Uh, that is worthwhile, you know. So, like, I, we tried. We 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 brought events. We brought like we brought coffee to a virtual concert. You know, if folks are familiar with the dancehall artist, yo, she's dope. 
Uh, we had other events throughout the year, you know, just to keep folks' mental health as best as we can. Uh, things like planting workshops, things like yoga, painting workshops, all like things that de-stress folks. But also we got hype events too, you know. Mm-hmm. We got clubs, fairs, we got all sorts of stuff. That kind of vibe, you know, keep folks' uh, energy and spirits up. What are some of the programs or some of the main things that you have heard students say, um, we want YFS or we want the associations to do this for us now that we're coming back onto campus? That is a loaded question. We could look at that from different angles. Like we have folks asking us things uh, from a safety perspective. We have folks asking us for like academic updates, you know, or what uh, this means for the academics. You know, folks are here to learn. Uh, But we also have folks asking us like, you know, you have a lot of clubs. You have a lot of college councils. You know, you have people who rely on you for updates. So what does this mean for the traditions that they bring to the, the culture they bring to this campus? Uh, things like that, right? So you just uh, we owe it to, to every aspect of the student community to provide to those, to the culture, to the academics, uh, to their mental health, you know, on like every level, right? It is kind of multifaceted in that way. Now, I, I do want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, how was it planning Frost Week for this year? I mean, there's no stong pit party, which if you've been to York University, you know that that is a staple. I have, and I don't even know what that is. Girl, <laughs> come on. We've got three I told in you, the room. A hermit. <laughs> hey, that's a great question. You know, so I participated in Frost the past two years. Although we were still in a pandemic, it, it was all modified to be to do so in a safe way. And you know what? Like you mentioned the Stone Pay Party. Like I can't speak on Frost fully because uh I'm not in the college councils anymore, but mm-hmm. I'll speak on what I've what I've seen. Uh these folks have uh put in so much uh time, effort, tears, blood and sweat, uh, in order to bring something to students, you know. So yo, they've made things hybridized, they've made things remote versions of the pit party so that students you know, have something to work with right you know you put folks in a zoom room you have them talk to each other vibe with each other you run some music you get a dj in the room something like that you know something to help boost them until we're actually able to meet those uh those old past traditions of what mm-hmm. the pit party originally looked like you know like back in 2019 when we oh. had the actual pit party where, where it was in person you know but not to say that the virtual ver- uh version didn't give folks an idea of what that's mm-hmm. like you know and at least that was some sort of social interaction for them. 100%. Like, we had, like, yo, I'm Guyanese, right? So we had someone, we had a Frosty coming in from Guyana. Like, she Whoa, was she was, she was tum- tuning in from Zoom on Guyana, right? And I come in and I hear people talking about Guyana. Like, oh, Riaz, yo, me, her. And I'm like, we have a Frosty here on Zoom in this party from Guyana. In able another to tune country. In. I was like, that's wicked, man. That's crazy. See, that's, that's I guess, the bright side of virtual learning you mm-hmm. know it, it's i'm sure it saved international students uh, a lot of money and a lot of their well-being really mm-hmm. uh, they get to stay home and still participate in the culture you could say of the university which is cool uh, but what advice would you give to those students and other students now who are finally coming back to campus and wanting to ease into things like what's your advice to them that's a great question. Even today, the past two days we've been on campus uh, doing giveaways, uh, giving goodies, and promoting our York Fest uh, to students for next week, right? So uh, a lot of students we hear from today, like you'd think people would be a little hesitant. Uh, we were talking about this earlier to go and approach strangers and like talk to them. We were worried that'd be a barrier, right, with, with the pandemic and all. But it's like almost like people are looking for uh, any social interaction they could mm-hmm. get. So for the folks who are coming onto campus, yo, uh, keep your head up. Look, like talk to everyone you can, like if you feel safe to do so. Uh, and yo, yo, just look for ways to get involved. There's ample opportunities at York University to, to get involved, whether it's your union, whether it's your colleges, the clubs. There's many opportunities to, you know, connect with communities uh, across campus. I'm going to talk about some of the programs, of course, that the school offers in general. Mental health is always such a big, big, big topic, especially with post-secondary students adding the pandemic into the mix. What are some of the maybe the things that um, 
uh, you focused on or the association focused on before and are probably looking to focus on this year, especially to help students? I'm going to do a shameless self-promotion here. So we got uh, at the YFS, we have a wellness center, the YFS wellness center. Uh, yo, they do. It's a it's kind of a baby in, in its stages. It's only a couple years old. But, yo, they're doing great work uh, in terms of bringing like wellness services, mental health services to students. Uh, so, you know, they're able to, to, to find that mental capacity to like relax, to to find whatever meets them. You know, if they need trauma informed counsel service, service, counseling services, they're able to get there. If they need to go to the lounge just to, like. You know, snip some aloe leaves and just chill out. They're able to do that. They're able to aloe leaves. Yeah, yo, if they need the naloxone training, we got that. You know, it's it's very uh, it's not you know the surface level mental health like like stigma like a stereotype that Mm -hmm. you might hear about. It's it's kind of well rounded uh, a well rounded approach they take to meeting student needs for mental health. I think I appreciate that too. Now uh, that. That's one of the aspects I've seen with a lot of post-secondary institutions really trying to invest mm-hmm. in. Um, we have always heard about different sort, like mental health, of course, is, has been on the rise for across the board, no matter what age category that you're in. But of course, with this pandemic in the mix, just to really make sure that um, post-secondary students have that support, mm-hmm. especially they're going into a place where they have to handle a lot of things on their own. It's not like high school where you can be like, I'm not going to do my homework. Okay, well, you're paying for the course. You can fail. And then what happens then? A lot of them who are um, coming in and they're leaving home and living on campus. This is their first experience being completely away from home. So those services being available to students, no matter what post-secondary institution um, that you go to, is quite critical. So I'm really glad that there's so many different things that's coming into play. 100% 100% I agree fully that you know students are coming away from home for the first time like they may not have a social system when they come to York mm-hmm. you know so it is it can be very dangerous for folks to get uh, into like a place where they've never had they never they don't know the area they don't have people to talk to uh, so that's why it's so important for like orientation to be like accessible for folks like mm-hmm. you know some folks might not have the money to afford this you know right that's why the YFS really does push the uh, the free welcome week which is York Fest uh, for students you know just have a good time to connect with folks. All right, Riaz Nandan, president of the YFS. We've got Mr. President in the building. President. Hey, you know, I try to be humble. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And like Riaz was saying, you know, just get out there. Put yourself out there. I know that these are very unprecedented times. It's, it's difficult to navigate, but, you know, we got to try and get back to normal. So ease back into it. And there are so many services available if you're having any type of anxiety, any type of uh, doubts about anything you know there's always help within reach so definitely look into that at any post-secondary institution you might be attending and then even as you just maybe one last final question just coming out of the executive position and coming in as a student um, any sort of advice for any student coming in whether you're first year or fourth year as a post-secondary student absolutely and I think some advice I would give my first year self the biggest thing I could have done in first year is just keep talking to people uh, keep making friends and like just being kind to people you know like I think we can all afford to be a little kinder to mm-hmm. each other and like yo you never know like people are coming from all different backgrounds at university and uh, like that's an understatement so just be kind of folks talk to other people connect with people and like that will pay help that you'll be well rewarded for that in your later years and then your fourth year self fourth year self uh, you know uh, take care of yourself uh, what would I do differently oh man uh, just taking care of myself a little more. I was I was uh, kind of stretching myself a little thin in, in my mm-hmm. fourth year, but um, you know we made it work. We moved. We graduated. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, Riaz, thank you so much for joining us. This has been Millennial Balance, brought to you by 105.9 The Region, exclusively part of our Discoveries Block. Thanks for listening. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? 
Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on The Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, music director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from York Region and beyond. This week, I'm speaking with Zoe, who is a dance music artist based in Toronto. Zoe is a business owner. She's studying for a PhD. She has a new EP called When I Call to You, and the title track is now out. Hi, Zoe. Thank you for joining me on New Music on the Region podcast. Hi, Christina. For anyone who is into dance music and who has been following it over the past decade, Zoe, I'm sure your voice sounds familiar to them. Before we get into your new music and your projects, I wanted to ask you, how did you get into the industry? I was actually, um, I grew up in Italy and growing up, I used to watch uh, Saramo, the Italian song festival with my dad. So my love for music began that way, uh, watching that with them and I have a very musical family. So then when I moved to Toronto, I did a song festival for the late Johnny Lombardi which I'm sure, you know, many of uh, the people of Toronto heard of. And I won a few of those competitions. By the age of 18, I wrote my first song, This Isn't Love Anymore, which started doing really well, like in the clubs and stuff. And then it got released on some compilations and played on Z103 and Kiss 92. And then I just kept moving forward and working hard. And here I am. And like you were mentioning, uh, releases like This Isn't Love Anymore and um, another one is Come Home are uh, just some of the songs that put you on the map. How was that time for you as an artist just starting out? Um, It was exciting. It was overwhelming at the time as well. Um, I was in teacher's college at the same time and Come Home was doing really, really well. Like We had it number one in Asia and in some places in Europe for six months. It did really well here. So... I was pretty young. It was exciting, but it was overwhelming because I was studying while I was doing music. So I was trying to uh, to enjoy the best of both worlds, but I did it. I was lucky to have both. I think both education and passion is important. So I did my best to, to continue with both. Have you noticed any changes in the industry over the years when you first started out in your career to where you are now? Oh, absolutely. I think artists are a lot more involved now because of uh, streaming platforms like YouTube and Amazon Music and Apple Music. I think those venues are amazing for smaller artists such as myself because it gives us a bigger platform to be heard and have more creative rights. Whereas before, we were more held back with labels and a lot of our creative rights were managed by someone else and radio is obviously very important, but it was the only avenue back then, whereas now there are more avenues for artists to be heard, which I think is great because there's so much talent in the world that doesn't have the chance to be on radio. Are you represented by a label now? Yes. For Toronto, it's Music Network, and they've been my label pretty much for my whole career. So uh, Music Network, and then I've been on uh, various labels in the States, and in Italy, um, in the States, I've had a few releases with BMI and Micmac Records, and there's a bunch of them on different compilations, and in Italy as well. When I call to you, my love, you- 
called When I Call to You. It sounds different from your other releases. Is this a sound we'll continue to hear from you? Um, yes, absolutely. It is, uh, it is a different sound. I think I've matured not only as a person, but as an artist as well, vocally. And I'm working with amazing producers, too, that continue to make my sound be that much stronger and contemporary. So it's definitely um, the route I want to take moving forward. But I'm also working on some Latin music and some Italian ballads that will be on my on my EP as well. But this song in particular is very meaningful to me. So I put my all into it. I had uh, I had a tough couple uh, years and uh, I think that the song reflects that and people are welcoming it and it makes me really happy. And this is the title track off of your new EP. Do you have a release date for it? Um, we're aiming for late winter 2021. And how many songs will be on the EP? So originally we were looking at five, but there are so many um, collaborations that I'm actually in the process of, you know, working on. So now we're looking at a few more, maybe seven or eight. Pretty soon by the time I'm done, it's going to be a full length album. Exactly. So, <laughs> you know, well, this will be your, we might expand it. Well, this will be your fourth release. How is releasing When I Call to You different for you from your previous three albums? Um, like I was uh, just saying, um, you know, I had a tough two years personally, and I went through some tough experiences. And uh, basically, I, I don't think you've seen the cover yet, but if you see the cover, there's me sitting on a stool looking into a mirror, and the mirror's cracked, and there's a little girl, and the little girl in the reflection is actually me. And the whole point of the cover and the song is that life tends to break us more often than not, or tries to break us, and Sometimes it's about trying harder or giving up. So for me, this song is a reminder of doesn't matter what life throws at you, is we always have to be strong. And if life is going to be a monster, I'm going to be a warrior and just fight back. And that little girl in the picture is, you know, a reminder of the innocence and the good in life and the light. And considering we're just coming out of a pandemic, mm -hmm. it's been a dark time for all of us. And I think the song came out at a perfect time because it just reflects how important life is and how much we mean to each other and how it, it's important to be strong, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a bright spot for what's to come for you and your music. And I'm not sure if a lot of people know, but you have a bachelor's degree in education and you're currently studying for a PhD in psychology. Have you been in the program for long? Um, I'm actually in my first year. I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm doing really well. So I'm really happy that, you know, I took this uh, route and, um, you know, added this to my life. I think it's a great time to be studying psychology and I've always wanted to help people and being a teacher, I was able to accomplish that. But I also got really sick for the last two years and there were complications to continue teaching because of the pandemic. So I decided to move forward and help people in a different way, right? So mm -hmm. that's how I got into the psychology. I even read that you're in the midst of completing your first coming-of-age novel. Did you want to tell us about that project? Sure. To be honest, I've been so busy. I started writing that novel, I believe it's four or five years ago, and I'm actually almost done. Oh, wow. I'm hoping by, yeah, well, I'm hoping, you know, because of the music and my studies, I'm um, I'm hoping to have it done by summer of 2022. And um, again, like, it's the same theme. It's basically, you know, learning to know somebody based on, uh, on who they are and their heart and soul and not so much what they look like. 
I grew up in an industry where looks and appearances and who you know has a lot to do with the outcome and it's not always a fair or pleasant one. So I'm big on getting to know somebody for who they are through their soul and not what they can bring to the table or what they look like. So that's what the, the novel is about is basically being that kind of person and are you willing to put the time to get to know somebody that you don't really visualize as to what they look like and you just kind of learn about them through the personality that I presented in the novel so that's what that's about. And Zoe you've been doing live in-person shows throughout the summer for highlights for those performances you could check out Zoe's Instagram which is at Maria underscore Zoe music. A COVID vaccine passport came into place last month for concerts, music festivals, nightclubs, and bars. Do you think that will be helpful for you to continue performing live in front of an audience, um, especially as we start to head more indoors with the uh, cooler months coming ahead? Um, you know, obviously, it's going to pose some difficulties. You know, my, my mother does attend a lot of those things, so I will always make sure it's a safe environment for everyone. We're obviously, you know, honoring all restrictions and just giving everybody a fair chance to be present. And I uh, do believe that getting vaccinated or not is a personal choice. I don't think it's something that should be instilled on anyone. And the reason why I say that is because I'm high risk and I kind of had to do it to travel because of what I do, which I'm not very happy about, but uh, it should be a personal choice and to each their own. But all I can offer is anything that involves me, we will make sure that it's a safe environment that caters to, uh, to everyone in, in a fair way. And you're mentioning uh, travel. Have you tried um, performing in, in like the U.S. or anywhere else in the world? Um, yes. Well, I had to go recently for, um, for music, for uh, producing and, uh, you know, just studio time. I didn't, I didn't perform yet in the States this year, but I did, uh, I did have to travel for that, yes. If listeners want to get a copy of When I Call To You and information on any upcoming releases and shows, what's the best way they could do that? Um, so you can uh, either contact my agent, Fabio, just Fado at Blue Stella Group. Blue Stella Group, that's his, uh, his Instagram, or his email is info at bluestellagroup.com. Or you can email me directly at zoemusiconline at gmail.com. Or like you mentioned before, uh, my Instagram, my Facebook uh, music page is Zoe Music Online, so people can reach us there. And um, yeah. It was great speaking with you, Zoe. Thank you for joining me on New Music on the Region podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me. Did you want to take us out with your latest track? Sure. You're listening to Zoe on 105.9 The Region when I call to you. In November I had it all It's funny how it changes One minute you love me The other you hate me Damn, you're making me crazy
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.